going to talk about the baby that changed the world. Matthew 2, 1 through 6, and then we'll do some Christmas carols with the candlelight, and then I want to pray a a special Christmas blessing over you. And again, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And so Matthew 2, 1 through 6 says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that he was heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is Christ where is the Christ was to be born? Where is the Christ to be born? Excuse me, verse five. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is is what the prophets has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Can you turn this down just a tad? Is it loud? Can you hear me? A little ringing? Let's pray. Father, I pray that, Lord, tonight that we are changed by this baby who became Jesus, the Savior, who was, who was buried and was resurrected and brought life to us. I pray that this message speaks to all of us, God, during this Christmas time, that Christmas is a time of hope. It is a time of joy. It is a time of renewal. And Holy Spirit, speak to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, it's often said that when, when a, a baby enters a family's home, that, that it's often been said, it's been said to, to my wife and I before we had kids, that the baby changes your life. And I've said it to others. Uh, I'm blessed because my, I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old daughter. And uh, many of us parents and grandparents can relate to this, right? The baby changes your world, doesn't it? Some of you are like, what, what? And so, for some, remember the excitement of the baby. Everybody's excited about the baby, and uh, some are not excited. I mean, there's all this anticipation about the baby. And so, so this baby, when it enters the life of the family, it changes. The, the parents, you think you're in charge, right? You parents think you're in charge? Who's in charge? The little baby's in charge, right? When that baby is hungry, what do you do? You feed it. When that baby has a diaper that needs to be changed, what do you do? You change it. When that baby's crying because it wants attention, what do you do? You give it attention. When that baby wants it quiet so it can sleep, what do you do? You're quiet. And you try not to... So, so we think that we're adults. We think that we're in charge. But that baby changes your world. That baby is in charge of your life, right? And you see, this, this baby that we're talking about this, this evening is Jesus Christ. And, and, and this baby changed the world. In fact, I, I talked about this yesterday. If you were here, that this baby cut time in half. We still... Your, your birthday, I mentioned this yesterday, your birthday is, is timed off of the birth of Jesus Christ. And so the calendar we have is still is off of what Jesus Christ did when he was born. But unfortunately, there are some people that do not like babies. One writer called babies an alimentary canal with a loud voice at one end and no responsibility at the other end. I think that this lady probably forgot she was a baby at one time. And when she was a baby, someone cared for her, someone loved her, someone, their world was changed so that this baby, her, could grow and become an adult. And you see, the, the, the Jewish theologians knew that the Messiah would be born into the tribe of Judah, although they had wished that, that Jesus would come as a, a mighty conqueror, that the Messiah would come, the Messiah would come on a horse and he would overcome the Roman Empire, he overcome King Herod, and if you don't know your history, the Roman Empire was a cruel empire. They were conquering everybody. And, and Herod was a, was a homicidal king. And, and as I, many of you remember, I've, I've told you over times, he had his, his mother killed. He's had three sons killed. He had a wife killed because he, he thought they were threatening his throne. He was a crazy man. And so when Jesus was born or the Messiah was coming, they were hoping that the Messiah would overthrow them and he would come in as a general or a ruling king and he would come in with a, on a white horse and a, with a conquering army. 
But instead, the baby came in a manger. And so, today's PR firms would not want Jesus to be born in a baby cattle stall, would they? They would want Jesus coming with a victorious army on a white horse. They would want a radiant figure descending from heaven. But you see, Jesus came as a baby. And Jesus failed to live up to the world's expectations, but the Messiah came as a baby. So the first thing I want to talk about is, number one, is society worships bigness. Is that true? Come on, society worships the biggest. We, we say, who is the biggest? Which city, is, which city has the tallest building? Which city has the biggest stadium or, or the best sports team or the, or the biggest arena or the largest population? Who pastors the biggest church? I sometimes hear that amongst pastors. Which nation has the biggest army? Who, who manages the biggest budget? We think sometimes bigger is better. Is that true? We think bigger is better. And so the second part of that then is small is powerful. Remember this baby changed the world. When God planned to send salvation to the world, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. And I read the scripture in Micah 5, 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Small is powerful, right? Ever you've bitten into like a little chili pecan? Talking about food, some of you are you're starving. It's a small chili, but it is powerful. It will burn your tongue, right? But you see, Jesus was born a baby. And God, if you look at the history of Israel, God sent babies to change the world. He sent a baby to Abraham and, and Sarah, a, a barren elderly couple. Their son Isaac fathered Jacob. Jacob fathered boys who would grow into the twelve tribes of Israel. And when, he, when God's people were in bondage in Egypt, God would send another baby. Who was that baby? Moses. You see, babies are important, right? We live in a day and age where people don't want babies anymore. Babies are a pain. And, 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 and you know, some of us in this room, we're struggling with that concept. But you see, you were a baby once. You were small. And now look at you. Look, at, look what you have accomplished. Look what you're accomplishing. But more importantly, look what Jesus accomplished. See, then another son... The son of Jesse, David, established the kingdom. He was the least in his family. And he reestablished the kingdom from Saul. And then Jesus would be born from that family. And you see, babies are small, but God's best answers a lot of times to society are babies. Amen? Because see, every time a baby's born, there's new hope, right? And when this baby was born, Jesus was born, as we see in those little posters, there was a new hope. There was new life. The second thing about society, society worships power, right? Power, we say power, we think power can make things happen, right? We think that, right? If we, if, check this out. We, we think that if the right political party is in power, we can solve everything. How's that worked out for us? Not very well, has it, over, over the, ne- the last de- couple decades. We, so, so, power corrupts and absolute power can absolutely corrupt. And as I talked about earlier, the Roman, the Roman Empire was a corrupt empire. Herod was a corrupt ruler. And they were looking for deliverance. And, and there are even people in our society, they're looking for deliverance. And they're looking for the next big thing. You see, this baby, this baby Jesus, who, who became Jesus the Messiah and our Savior, this baby changed everything. Because Augustus Caesar said, you know what, there's a baby being born. A Messiah is being born. And so everyone go to your hometowns. Can you imagine that? When you were born, that didn't happen, did it? The ruler of your land didn't stop or anything. Everyone go to your hometowns and register for taxes. But when Jesus was born, he said that. And then the next thing, 
prophets predicted that the, this Jesus would come and angels came and came to shepherds and, and interrupted them. And then when, when Jesus was, was before, after he was born, a star had shined, shone, and these wise men from, from what we maybe say were, is, is modern day Iran or Iraq came in and this star led them. Have you had a star lead you? And then Jesus so interrupted the life that Herod was disturbed and all of Bethlehem said it was also disturbed when Jesus was born. The next thing about Jesus is that we look for power. We're looking for this power figure. But you see, Jesus is exalted over every power. Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger. He is now the Messiah. He is now in heaven waiting to come back again. Amen. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the scripture, and I must read the scripture to you, Ephesians 1, 20-22 says, Speaking of the resurrection power of Jesus, it says, Which he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. In other words, Jesus is in charge of everything. Every president, every premier, every king, every shah, every sheikh, every CEO, every person has to bow to Jesus because he is overall. And see, the next thing about this baby is there's the, the power of the promises of Jesus. Now, I know we're kind of coming off an election time, but have you ever voted for a politician and they promised all this stuff and then they didn't fulfill their promise? Did that, has that ever happened to anyone? Never, right? Well, you see, Jesus is bigger than that. Jesus, he makes promises and he's kept those promises. In fact, you can, you can count on, you can have faith and you can believe in these promises. Jesus delivers us from our fears. Jesus can deliver on his promises. John 16, 33, check this out. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus also said in John 14:1, Do not let your spirit hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So we can trust in Jesus. The world is troubled, but Jesus can take, us, take care of us. Amen? Luke 4, check this out. Here's another great promise of Jesus. Luke 4, 18-19. The Spirit of the Lord is on him, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, Jesus came to set us free from sin, from Satan, from death, from fear, from bondage. Anything that's keeping control of your life, Jesus can set you free for that. We believe in that power today. Do you want real power? Do you want real life change? Then you must accept Jesus. You must accept His ways. You must accept His life. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. The third thing, the third thing, is society worships wealth. Society worships wealth. And we think, again, the more, the better. The more things that I have, the better off I will be. We worship people with great wealth and possessions, right? If you, if you go to the newsstand, many of the, the magazines and, and the articles or the TV shows, they're about people with great wealth, right? Do you, how many remember those a show back in the 80s, The Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous? Do you remember that? Some of you remember that? I'm kind of aging myself. And you see, we think that if we can gain more wealth and possessions, that we would have more power. That might be true, but yet we ignore the heartache, the burden, the depression that comes with the riches of this world. You see, babies, think about your baby. If, you're, if you have a young baby or the baby that, you're, that is now growing up, babies, they're rich in potential, but they're poor in possessions, right? Because babies can't hold a job, can they? Babies can't sign checks. 
Babies can't have a job. They, they can't manage estates. Babies don't even know they're babies. They're just in existence. They're, they're existence. But in time, that baby grows and they learn from their parents and their siblings and they can eventually earn or inherit earthly things. But think about Jesus. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus, the Bible says that He is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And God owns everything, but yet Jesus chose to, to give all that up so that you and I could have life. And He came to be born as a baby, as a vir- from a virgin, on this earth, so that you and I could understand His life. And think about this. Jesus was, was rich, but yet He became poor. Jesus wasn't born in a comfortable house. He was born in a cattle stall, surrounded by strangers. His foster father was a poor carpenter. Think about Jesus for a second. When He was grown and busy in His ministry... He had no place to lay his head. He borrowed boats to travel. He borrowed a boy's lunch to feed a crowd. He borrowed a donkey for his Palm Sunday presentation. In fact, he borrowed an upper room for his last Passover, his his Seder dinner, and even borrowed a tomb so he could be properly buried after dying on the cross. Think about that. God sent Jesus, and Jesus did not go after everything. And there's nothing wrong with possessions, and nothing wrong with retirement, nothing wrong with having food and a, and, a, and a place to sleep and all that stuff. But we put so much emphasis thinking that if we have all this stuff, we'll arrive. But the reality is, if, if we have Jesus, we will arrive. We will have life. And that's what the Christmas message is all about. And you see, check this out. Second Corinthians 8 and 9 says, For you know... Do I have the scripture? I'm waiting... Okay, I'm just going to read it. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, th- that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, so that through His poverty might become rich. So we can become rich spiritually. Isn't that awesome? You see, the, the, the fourth thing about the riches is, spiritual riches will outlast anything on this world. What a paradox, right? What a paradox. We, we, live, in a, we live in a place where that we, try to, we try to gain everything. We, we think that, hey man, if I have all this stuff, but you see, our stuff can be lost, right? It can, it can rust, right? It can be stolen. It can, it can be destroyed. It, it, can, it can wear out. But you see, the love of God never wears out. The promises of Jesus never wear out. You see, your home, your car, your clothes, they'll lose value over time. In fact, here's what it says in Matthew 6, 19-20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now again, there's nothing wrong with having stuff, but don't put your hope in stuff because it it doesn't last forever. But Jesus lasts forever. Amen? The fourth thing, check this out. I mean, some of you, you're ready for me to go and get out of here because the, the heat's not working. It's freezing in here, right? And you're hoping that you can get home. And you can get the fire going, and I apologize, I don't know why the heat's not on, but we're almost done anyway. So the fourth thing is this, is, is society wants instant results, right? Instant gratification and prompt performance are expected. Most of us are part of the now generation, right? I mean, we get impatient, we get impatient at slow da- uploads, right, from your computer, right? Do you remember what it was like before cell phones? And we're text messaging and we're Facebooking and Instagramming and, and Twittering and all that stuff. And, and you try to load a picture and I get like that too. And I try to upload something like, man, what's wrong with this thing? And, and my wife, I'm like, it has to go out of space first, goof. And then it's got to come back down to this, this phone or whatever it is. And so we, get, we want this now. I mean, we get mad if we have to wait at fast food. We, we get mad at overnight delivery, right? How many of you have been upset at overnight delivery, right? 
It's not there fast enough. You've overnighted it and it gets there at 2 o'clock when you expect it at 1. My goodness. And so we want instant everything and we miss out on the great things that take time. Because listen to this, instant, let it be, instant doesn't last. Do you still, or can you still enjoy that coffee or that lunch that you woofed down today? You can't, can you? I mean, you just, you sucked it down, you just inhaled it. Instant things don't last. You see, God can make a mushroom within hours, God can make a mushroom within a day, but it takes decades to make it oak. And I guarantee you, I'd rather live in an oak house than a mushroom house. Something that took time, that God took time to, to, to make grow strong. Think about this. Back to children, back to babies, back to Abraham and Isaac. They were well in their 90s when they had a baby and God waited 25 years before He sent their son Isaac to them. It was, it was more than 400 years before Moses delivered Israel and slavery. Can you imagine 400 years before UPS delivers your next? You would be upset, wouldn't you? You'd be dead. You wouldn't care. Centuries passed before Genesis 3.15 was fulfilled with the birth of Christ. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, speaking of the serpent, and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. You see, Jesus came at the right time. And we can worship him. And see, some things take time. And I'm going to encourage you during the Christmas, we're rushing, rushing, and it's almost over now. Isn't that sad? Tomorrow will be Christmas. But enjoy it. Enjoy the life that you have. And in fact, you can enjoy Christmas every day from this point on. For the rest of your life, you can enjoy what Jesus has done for your life. You see, the, the, the third thing is this lasting takes time. The sooner that we learn that God isn't in a hurry, the more peace we will have in our hearts. I just have a few more minutes, but think about this. If you've ever read the Scriptures, I rarely see in Scriptures where Jesus was in a hurry like you and I. He was never like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, if you look through Scriptures, He never did that. He took His time. He had purpose. And I'm not saying you have to be slow all the time, but slow down. Enjoy life, right? Teenagers, don't be in such a hurry. Grow up. You're going to have to get a job. You have to pay your own rent. You have to buy your own clothes. You have to get your own car someday, right? Kids, enjoy being a kid, Right? Don't worry about college so much now. You know, don't worry about getting a job. Don't worry about a career. I mean, you can dream about that, but enjoy life. Mom and Dad, enjoy your kids as they're growing up. Amen? I, I knew one pastor that he, was, he, was, he couldn't wait for his kids to get out of the house. I'm going to say, my goodness, what's wrong with you? I don't want them to be like that. We tease our kids sometimes, but we don't. We say, this is it. This is the last birthday you ever have. You can't get any older than that. Now, we're kidding because it just, it, we can't help that. But slow down. Life is great. Amen? Don't be anxious. Don't follow the hyperactive crowds that are upset that the package came at 101 instead of 1 o'clock, right? When the download, or, or you, you text your friend or your parent, right? Or you text someone and you expect them to text back. Maybe they're, have their phone off, right? Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're driving and it's illegal to text and drive, right? Hebrews, check this out. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Enjoy life. Lasting things take time. Amen? The, the, the last part of this is hope from a baby. You see, there is always hope 
when a baby is brought into the world. And when new parents look at their precious baby, their heart is filled with joy. And still, unfortunately, today, there are those who consider babies a nuisance and even others who don't want babies born. And it, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that there are those that don't want any more babies. It's sad because, you see, babies are the new hope of every generation. And with every baby is, is possibly the cure for cancer. Maybe the, maybe the new generation has another scientific invention that could help us. And so children are our hope. Babies are our hope. And you see, the Jewish people have always welcomed babies and valued them. Oh, many generations, many, 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 uh, many countries and civilizations do. Psalm 127, 3-5 says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Proverbs 17.6 says this, Children's children are a crown to the age, and parents are the pride of their children. You see, Jesus was born as a baby. He was small. He changed the world. He grew up. He had his ministry. He was crucified. He was buried, and he was resurrected. And now, because of him, for centuries... For ages now, we have celebrated His birth. Well over 2,000 years. Jesus does change people's lives. My question for you and I is, does this Jesus still change our lives? Do you and I still have hope in this celebration time? In this time to remind us in the busyness of life, in the stress of life? Jesus pleased God the Father. Matthew 3.17, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. And with Him I am well pleased. And so my prayer for you during this Christmas season is, has your life been changed by Jesus? If not, slow down. Don't chase bigger and better all the time. Don't think that real power comes in possessions and titles, but power comes through Jesus Christ. You see, this baby changed the world and is still changing the world today. He still affects people's lives because there's power in this baby. Now, if you have your candles... We're going to sing a couple Christmas carols. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, and if we could have someone in a second here. Once I get ready, we'll turn off the lights, except for they're going to have the songs above for us. So if you have your candles out, and if you would stand with me, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to start... um, I'm going to start a couple in the front and then what I want you to do is, is just turn around and, and light the candle of the person near you. And again, parents, if you could help us help your kids keep the candle like this, please, because the wax will go everywhere. And so we're going to sing Silent Light here in a second, a couple carols, and then I want to pray a, a blessing on you. So if I could have someone go ahead and turn out the lights. They're, going to, they're still going to put the words up on the screen. I hope they have it. Here we go. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon bird. 
child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace, silent night, holy night, shepherds quake, at the side, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing Alleluia, Christ the Savior is born, Christ the Savior is born. Let's sing the third verse. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, Love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus Lord, Jesus Lord at thy birth, Jesus Lord at thy birth. You sound great. Let's sing the next song, O Come All Ye Faithful. I'll try to get it a good key, so. O come all ye faithful, Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and adore. Come and behold Him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exultation. Oh, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. 
Second verse, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains. Repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sound. Joy. The fourth verse will be done. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank You that You came as a baby. And You are that baby that changed the world. And You split time in half. And so today, I pray that You would still split our time in half. And that, Lord, we would give You first place in our lives. And that we would accept You as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says that whoever calls the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the fear of death. Saved from Satan saved from sin, and that we will have eternal life and we will be with you. So I pray that we could give you our lives today and that you will change us and that bigger is always better. And so Lord, during this Christmas season, as we're having Christmas Eve tonight, Christmas Day tomorrow, we'll have maybe some few, a few days off. I don't know what's going to happen in one's life. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray your peace over every person in this room, from the youngest to the oldest. I pray your power would, would envelop every person and fill every person in this room. That you would meet every need, God. You would heal bodies. You would heal relationships. You would, you would bless finances. You would bless careers. You would bless relationships. You would bless children, grandchildren, parents, grandparents. You would bless single people. You would, you would bless marriages. You would bless everyone in this room as we come